live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket News Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is hitting the internet on March 16th, 2017. How's everybody doing? That's great. That's that's just wonderful. You can listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play. All those deals. Follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlue. So we have a guest today, Mr. Alex Reamer, who is a writer at WEI.com, uh, Boston Sports Radio Station. And he is also one of the revolving uh, hosts on the Kirk and Callahan show. Now, I know some of you may not be familiar with the show itself. Uh, just quick, quick little history lesson. So sit down, get your pencils out. Um, Dennis and Callahan was the morning show there for, for decades. And John Dennis re- retired, left the show. And it has been Kirk Menahan and Jerry Callahan. And what they've been doing is a casting couch of sorts. So they have different people in every day. Uh, you know, it's somewhat reminiscent of what Francesa did after Mad Dog left. He brought in all the WFAN guys. Sort of, it was an unofficial audition. Uh, and then Mike was just an asshole anyways. And, you know, he just... Stayed by himself. Uh, never hired anyone. But this isn't necessarily a hiring process, but it's it's it makes the show very interesting. And Alex is one of those people uh, that is there every week, has a, has a spot. So uh, Alex got a lot of opinions on things. Uh, I think it was a great guest. So uh, enough of me uh, giving you the history lesson. Put down your pencils. Time's expired. Let's listen to Alex. He's the co-host on the Kirk and Callahan Morning Show on WEI, also a columnist and host of the Buswell Street Podcast. Alex Reamer, thanks for being on the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. Brian, it's a pleasure to be on with you. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. So oh, you're let, too let, kind. Let, 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 me go, let me go and be your boss here for a second, all right? Let me be your supervisor, your manager, and say, Mr. Reamer, yes. why, why do you belong as the permanent third member of the Kirk and Callahan Show? Oh, jeez. Um... <laughs> Well, I think, uh, you know, I think I give them something different. You know, um, when I went in there a few months ago for uh, my tryout, if you will, my goal was to be pretty much the polar opposite of what Jerry is. You know, as hard, to, you know, as hard to the right as he goes, I'm going to go just as hard to the left if you catch my drift. Because, you know, that show's been on, you know, 20, 25 years. They've had a terrific run. Uh, but what I really like what they're doing now is bringing in a lot of different perspectives and, uh, I think out of anyone who they run in there, uh, Trini included, I think uh, I think I bring a, a much different perspective to the show than uh, than they've heard elsewhere. Yeah, I think, uh, and not just because you're on I've, I, on the podcast. I've, I've talked with people. The two people in the clubhouse, in my mind, are you and Trini, uh, with with no doubt about it. But you hear Kirk Kirk Menahan. You know, I don't know if he's just starting shit, but on his podcast, floating the idea of the rest of the crew that Mike Medansky will take over as the permanent host. Your thoughts. Oh, that killed me to hear. Um, yeah, I like Mutt. Like Mutt's a great guy. But you know, Brian, a few months ago, uh, they said I was the leader in the clubhouse. Exactly. So uh, I'm actually going to be on tomorrow. I'm not sure if this will come up, but uh, you know, I like to th- I'd, I'd like to know where I've gone wrong over the last couple months. So uh, it's certainly something that I think uh, we'll bring up on the air. Yeah, that's unfortunately I'm probably not going to have it up in time. That was going to be my question. Are we going we to hear like the, the wrath of Reamer, which you're completely allowed to use that if you want. Uh, uh, okay. on the mo- yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, on the morning show, are, we, are you going to you know go at them about this? I mean, the, he, Kirk basically just said, screw everyone. I like Mutt, which again, he's a nice guy, but nothing really separates him from anyone. I mean, you're just, you're, you're just typical sports talk show host. Hey, you said that, not I. I uh, know, but you know, you know, Minahan, you know, he, he said it's weird in the breaks when you know me and Trenny are there. So you know, he likes the comfort during that. And that's the thing you gotta know about Kirk. Uh, your off-air performance is much more important than your on-air performance. He's a very, uh, how do I say, temperamental guy. Uh, you know, you can't really talk to him. You know, he's kind of like you walk down the hall, gotta look the other way, that kind of thing. If you mind your p's and q's, though, you're all right. 
uh, I guess I got to ask you this because I mean you're starting there at WEI. Yeah. Let's let's say WEI ask you. They say, "Listen, Alex, you can have your own show at any time of the day, but never be on Kirk and Callahan anymore." What would you say? Well, what's my pay like? Am I getting uh, a that, that's a pay okay? Increase? So it's financial. I would I would have yes. to assume yes. I love Jerry and Kirk, but. Money comes first. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we'll get back to the show in a second, but I wanted to talk about you a little bit specifically. Uh, sure. I mean, looking at your your profile, I mean, you're like that 12-year-old who got early admissions to, like, Princeton media-wise. Uh, I mean, you, you've been doing podcasts, writing, hosting shows since since middle school. So if someone said to you, Alex, what, what are you? How, how would you answer that question? I guess strange would be the answer to that question when you phrase it like that. I mean, a lot of kids in middle school – you know, busy hanging out with a lot of friends, playing sports. Uh, I blogged about sports, which maybe explains uh, why I am the way I am now. Um, but uh, no, it's something that, uh, you know, I always wanted to do. <clears throat> I always uh, liked attention as a kid, I guess. I always wanted my voice to be out there. Um, and, you know, back then, you know, the blogging was in its infancy. Podcasting was in its relative infancy. But, uh, you know, there was still an audience out there. And I put a lot of time and effort into it. You know, I was 13, 14 years old chasing down Dan Shaughnessy for interviews, Steve Buckley for interviews, you know, all these guys who I heard on the radio, saw on TV, read in the newspaper. I mean, I spent my life as a teenager trying to book guests for my, you know, stupid Red Sox podcast. But, uh, you know, I persisted through that, Brian. And, uh, you know, a lot of the connections I made have helped me get to where I am. Uh, You know, I had a contributor's gig at Forbes before I took the EI position. I got that because largely because I was friendly with some writers on their staff who I'd interviewed. Uh, you know, Glenn had me on his big show unfiltered a couple years ago, and that I think did a lot to put my name on the map too. And how I got involved with Glenn was Buck, of course, is good friends with the Big O, and he got me in touch with Glenn when he was starting up that show. So you know, I, I really wanted to make it, Brian, and I really wanted to. Uh, this is what I wanted to do uh, for as long as I can remember. So. Uh, you know, it is surreal in a way to kind of be where I've, you know, where I wanted to be. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that hard work, uh, you know, pay, paid off. Yeah, I mean, you did the uh, Without a Cursed Red Sox podcast. And, and doing uh, more research on you here, I, I honestly, I, I'll, be, I'll be completely, I was shocked to see young Alex Reamer, a red, uh, excuse me, a wrestling podcast, TSS No Holds Barred. I had no mm-hmm. idea you were a wrestling fan. None, none whatsoever. Loved it. Loved it, yeah. Loved. Thought, you know, so not love, loved loving, loved. It's over. The love affair is uh, done. Yeah, I think I think you get a little too old for wrestling, Brian. Once, really? uh, you know. Well, I think yeah. I went. I think to, it's time I went to, to an event to move away from home. But yeah. uh, no, I, I loved it when I was young. Yeah, and you know what? That had a crazy following. My wrestling podcast and all the stuff I've done. Uh, I, that remains a thing where I maybe got the most reaction ever. Uh, there's just such a thirst wrestling content ever if you want to make it in the business i'm telling you go into wrestling there's a huge need for it there's a huge audience for it it's more mainstream now than ever with their espn deal uh you want to get on the wrestling bandwagon I went, that. I went to an event probably eight or nine years ago in uh, bridgeport connecticut and i'll tell you i don't think a lot of people have grown out of it we'll put it that way the age of the audience there you know 45 year old men with the belt over their shoulder i mean i, I think right. some guys are still in it uh, let's see here. So let's get back to the morning show for a second. The first okay. time I, I really heard you was when you decided to come, come out on the air. Now, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be the psychiatrist and ask you to, you know, sit on the couch here, but I mean, when you're, you're starting this media career and you're realizing you're gay, I mean, 
did you have intentions of ever revealing your sexuality to your, your listeners or your readers, or was that just something you never even thought about? Uh, you know, Brian, you know, I, I've been out for just about four years in my private. So I'm 24 and I'm 24 now. Jesus Christ. I can't, young. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, and, and I can't, I feel, feel my, I feel much older though. Don't worry. I okay. feel much worse than I, than I should feel at this stage in my life. Um, but, uh, so I came when I was 20, uh, end of my sophomore year of college. And, uh, you know, I've been very open about it ever since. Uh, the reason why I never come out professionally prior to, uh, you know, that show with Jerry and Kirk was uh, because I never had the form to do it. I mean, you know, I was a writer for Forbes, Boston Magazine, SB Nation, The Herald, you know, a million places. But, you know, it, you don't have that kind of personal connection with your readers. And uh, it just came up in conversation. You know, Kirk asked me, is there anything the audience doesn't know about you? And I figured I'd go and say that. Um, you know, it's, 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 ne it's never something I gave a lot of thought to. You know, I, I didn't explicitly say I was gay, but... If you read my Twitter feed, I often, you know, tweeted political thoughts, you know, on LGBT issues, retweet certain things. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could have guessed if you followed me really closely. I actually had a couple people email me afterwards and say, aha, I always thought you were gay and now that confirmed it. But, uh, no, I mean, to be honest, Brian, I never really gave a lot of thought to it. And that's something, you know, Buck and I talk about all the time. You know, Steve, and I, Steve Buckley and I are good friends. Um, you know, he wasn't closeted personally, but professionally you know he's closeted up till a few years ago right. and uh you know it, i think it just speaks for the the different times that we live in now uh you know to be honest again i never really thought a lot about it and when it came up on the show i figured hey let's just say it get it out there and then move on because you have to be yourself on the radio you have to be real and uh you know i, I don't think i could do kirk and callahan if i was closeted because i wouldn't be myself and jerry and kirk would be able to see through that and the listeners would be able to see through that. So if you're going to be successful in radio or give it a real try, you got to be yourself. So for me, that meant uh, coming out uh, as soon as the opportunity presented itself. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up, you know, today's age and everything. I mean, were you worried about backlash? I mean, I, I realize this isn't 1950s deep woods, <laughs> deep woods, Alabama, but I mean, you know, Boston isn't always known for being exactly you know, open-minded on uh, certain subjects. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm 24. I live in Brookline. Went to BU. Uh, all my friends are big liberals. Uh, I don't know, Brad. I, I ne never crossed my mind. I, no, but all seriousness. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess that's a little worry. Because but, I mean, you, know. you say that, Alex. You you say that, uh, and you're absolutely right. I think you made a comment months back. It's like <laughs> it's 2017 or 2016. It's a good time to be gay in Boston. However, I think you'd understand or you'd agree that, you know, most of the people that call sports radio or the people that interact with sports radio maybe aren't the most liberal human beings on the planet. Oh, no, that that's certainly true. But, you know, ironically, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the hate I get on Twitter and elsewhere is because of my politics. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the Kirk and Callahan crowd, if you will, uh, they'll go after me for my politics, rarely for my sexuality. Sure, there's, you know, a couple idiots here and there, but... They're not representative of the whole audience. Uh, so, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, no, I really, out of all the backlash and shit I get, and Lord knows I get it, um, I it, my sexuality rarely comes up. It's rarely an issue, which is, you know, great to see in a way. So, I mean, you bring up politics in the show. Jerry Callahan obviously <laughs> mired in uh, just politics uh, constantly. Uh, of all the places to come out, uh, you know, in front of noted homophobe Jerry Callahan – but you seem to be winning him over slightly, or is, or am I, as a listener, just imagining that? Uh, well, I don't think Jerry's homophobic, you know? I mean, I, I think the, he... Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
No, I mean he's. I don't. I don't think Jerry's homophobic at all, or else he wouldn't allow me to do what I do on the show. Uh, you know, I, I think you can be socially conservative and not be homophobic. Uh, so that's one of the many myths about Jerry that's out there that I think is just wrong. Um, but uh, you know, as far as uh, you know, coming out on the air again. You know, Jerry and Kirk, I, I, I think, are very easy to work with. Um, you know, I, I, I feel, you know, comfortable when I'm on the air. And again, I feel like you got, you got to treat it like a conversation. You got to be yourself. You know, if I did come out and, you know, one of them didn't like it or, you know, the listeners didn't like it, well, that was going to be that. Because, again, there's really no way I would have been able to do that show and not be who I am. I mean, the, the, easy, you know, the easiest thing you can spot is a gay guy who talks about women, who's clearly not into women. You just sound like a buffoon. You know, you don't have the right. terminology. You don't know how really <laughs> to talk. You don't have any stories. Clearly, you're just making shit up. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing more awkward to listen to than somebody who's hiding who they are. So, you know, it, it wasn't really an option whether or not I was going to come out on the air. It was just when I was going to do it. Because, again, uh, you got to be yourself, and that's who I am, or a part of who I am. So yeah, misconceptions. You you bring that up. Uh, morning shows like like Kirk and Callahan. Any morning show in America doesn't matter of any genre. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, it's all about performance and characterization. And you probably hear this all the time. People asking you, you know, what are these guys really like? So is is Jerry off the air really this like staunch sort of you know GOP just trough eating patriot twenty four hours a day, or is is that just more of a play for the listeners? Uh, no, no, no. Jerry's uh, freaking conservative as hell. He's full Breitbart, all Breitbart mode for Jerry. Um, no, I mean, they're, they're the same they are on the air. You know, they're roughly the same that they are on the air, off the air. Because, again, you can't act it, Brian. Uh, right, right, You right. know, to, to use a wrestling terminology, um, you know, I think on the radio, you do have to turn the volume up to the max. You know, you do have to take on a little bit of an exaggerated character, or else it doesn't work. You know, tomorrow, I'm sure we're going to talk a lot of Patriots free agency, for example. Uh, you know, I have pretty strong opinions on Malcolm Butler, but maybe not so much on Dante Hightower. But guess what? You know, if Hightower comes up for 10 minutes, you got to act like you're fucking, you know, into it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anything that comes up. I mean, the worst thing you can do is act like you're disinterested in the topic at hand. And just nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody is passionate about every single subject in the world. So you do have to really, you know, and it's six in the morning as well. I mean, you, you know, off the air, you're not going to be, a, you know, chipper at 6.05 a.m., but you got to be it on the air. So, yes, I think the energy um, is exaggerated. Uh, but in terms of, you know, playing a character, again, I think anybody who's successful in radio is as true to themselves as they can be. You have to because, again, I think if you play – a fake character, uh, it becomes very transparent very quickly because it's vapid. There's not a lot behind it. You know, uh, it's it's funny. The uh, what, what was I going to say? Uh, I completely lost my train of thought. But I wanted to ask. Uh, in Minahan, he he appears to be a sarcastic, just you know, lunatic guy. It, it, that seems like that translates to real life. Sort of attributing to what you were saying. Oh, that I just got it. So you're bringing, you're talking about the Patriots. And it's funny, on this show, too, if you're not engaged tomorrow, if you're not engaged about Dante Hightower, that show, those hosts will actually call you out on it and say, hello, are you awake? Hi. You know, I mean, completely call you out on the air if you're not contributing enough. And normally you don't see that on on programs. No, you don't. And, you know, to be honest, that's one of the things that really attracted me to the show. You know, before I came on, I listened a lot. I did a profile on Kirk for Forbes last year. Um, you know, I did it because I think that, 
you know, to again, to use a wrestling term, you know, breaking down the fourth wall, you know, you use that all the time. And, and that's what they do in radio a lot. Uh, you know, you give the listeners an inside look, give them a peek. People like that. They love reading about the media, you know, on EEI.com, for example, uh, whenever I write about the media, it's one of the most read articles on there that day. It just is. It's what people like to read about. They like, they like the inside stuff. They like to feel like they're in on it. So, you know, I think that's a big key in doing a successful show. Now, I think Kirk gets more personal than other hosts do, certainly, um, you know, modeled after Howard Stern in that regard. But, you know, every successful show, Absolutely. Brian has like an inside look, you know, Glenn with the big show gave everyone a character, you know, Felger and Maz don't really do it with themselves, but they do it with other members of the media going after Patriots beat writers, Bruins beat writers, Toucher and Rich did it with Adolfo. Uh, you know, I think every show to an extent has an element to it. I just think it's more exaggerated uh, with Jerry and Kirk. So you have these guys, they're, they're exaggerating things all the time. I mean, you, you, you come on, you, you, you come out of the closet on their show. You're trying to get a word in on their show, which is, you know, that that's a job within itself. And then you, they bring your ex-boyfriend, they bring your personal life into the show. Are you thinking at that point, shit, this, this is not what I signed up for. Well, that was certainly, uh, (laughs) you feel like it, it, be caught. Be called a cheater on the most listened to radio show in New England, and yeah, then you'll that, know how much of a shithead I felt like. That was um, uncomfortable <laughs> to listen to, honestly. I was just like, I feel, I don't even know this guy. This feels just, this just feels wrong. <laughs> but the truth is, they didn't bring him on. You know, I no. brought up, you know, Alex, my boyfriend at the time. You know, I was the one who introduced him to the show. I brought him up. I kept talking about him. And, uh, you know, when we broke up, I said, fuck, like, this is going to have to come up on the show because he's been a part of it. Uh, And actually, the week we broke up, I didn't mention it. I figured, you know, let's just, you know, let's just try to get through the week here. But, you know, the week, the next week, they asked about him again. And I said, like, you know, you got to come out with it, Alex. You can't really live a lie on here. Um, You know, Brian, I I really have no issue uh, being who I am, talking about my personal life on the air. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll mention specific names again. Right, right. <laughs> I, I'll, oh, I I'll can tell understand you that. that. I can understand um, that. You know, it, it was a learning experience to a large extent about, you know, shit, like whatever you say, yes, is going to be brought up. So be careful about what you reveal. But on the whole, I, I like to think I'm a relative open book. I don't have a lot to hide. Uh, but yeah, that certainly, uh, certainly was jarring to hear from to hear from Alex a few months back, who called in on his own, just was listening and, and called in, so... It tells you the reach of the show. <laughs> yes, definitely. So you're getting you're getting your life exposed here, and at that point, at this point, you're joining WEI full time. You're writing columns, and you know you're becoming a part of the show, a popular member of the show. Whether people love or hate you, it's becoming you're becoming a popular member, trying to make some waves. And you get criticized by the the sports Twitter ethics police, none other than you know Richard Deich, uh, writer and editor. Uh, I guess he's a writer and editor, basically with a focus on sports media for Sports Illustrated, uh, who, by the way, has had 12 tweets about women's basketball today uh, in the last 24 it's good, hours. It's good stuff. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm yeah. sad I have to take a break uh, to watch. Oh, yeah. I've already, yeah, I filled out five brackets already. I, that, I'm just good, starting. Good, um, good. And he took a shot at you, Alex, on uh, Kirk Menahan's Enough About Me podcast. Uh, what did you think? Because, I, mean, I, I mean, he wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't awful criticism. But it, I don't know. I, 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 it felt like Dyche was, I don't, I don't want to say jealous, but it, it just sounded like it's a little too much. He's trying to be too edgy. And I, I sort of thought, well, 
you know, he's trying to get his name out there, Richard. I mean, maybe maybe you just didn't like the columns, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, well, that was a pretty jarring moment because, you know, Deitch is a fellow uh, moonbat like I am. And Absolutely. I said, and I said, Jesus, if he's not on my side, who is? <laughs> you know, does anyone like me? Um, no, but, I mean, it's fine. I mean, yeah, he's right. I, I do write to get reaction. That's what I do. That's what I was brought on to the website to do. You know, I think that, you know, WEI.com, we do a great job uh, covering all the teams. And I think, uh, you know, what I was brought on to do was to inject, you know, some additional life to the website. You know, already had a lot of voice, but to, you know, write about some more social and political stuff that they weren't necessarily, you know, covering as much as some of the shows, Jerry and Kirk in particular, were talking on the air. So, you know, that's our goal with EI.com to generate reaction and to create that symbiotic relationship because, you know, we are a radio station's website. They should play into each other. Um, you know, but, you know, I think you, you got to listen to all criticism, Brian. Uh, you know, that week that I said it, I actually wrote a couple things that got a lot of backlash. I wrote a Katie Nolan piece. Which probably a- sent Deich into spasms on the ground and started just convulsing nonstop. I mean, you criticized. That's his girl. The idea that you yeah. did that. I mean, he specifically mentioned the Gronkowski article. But, I mean, the Katie Nolan one. I mean, I, geez, how did he even recover? I mean, that that is his bread and butter right there. Yeah, well, the Gronk one I got a lot of shit for, but that one was just like a fun blog post. That Yeah, I knew I was going to get killed for it. I wanted to get killed for it. That, to me, is just like, uh, you know, there's nothing else going on. This will, you know, this will get people going, and it did. And again, yes, if you say Alex Reamer writes to get reaction, yes, I write to get reaction. You know, yes, I, I want people to click on my stories. That's kind of the whole goal of writing online. I mean, you know, the Nolan piece, Brian, you know, if, if I had to do it again, you know, I, I can see how some would have thought that was a hit job. You know, uh, I, I, I would have liked to have reached out to her, uh, maybe talk to some experts in the industry, make it maybe a longer piece than kind of a hit job about her ratings on FS1. Because, of course, you know, the obvious counter argument is, well, every show on FS1 gets lousy ratings. So, you know, I mean, you listen to all criticism. Uh, it's a different format for me, too. You know, when I was at Forbes, I was writing maybe three or four articles a week. Now I'm writing three or four a day, minimum. Right. Um, and, and that's fine, but you know, it's about, you know, balancing things and kind of figuring it out as you go. So no, I'm open to criticism. Um, but yeah, as far as the Deitch thing goes, right. Uh, yes, I write to get reaction. Guilty as charged. I just find it funny that, you know, Richard Deitch, who is going to criticize other people for reaction when, I mean, he, he's complete pan. I, listen, Richard Deitch is very talented. He's very smart. He's worked hard to get where he is. But I mean, his recipe for Twitter excellence is so predictable uh, of just tweeting out things that most Americans don't want to listen to. Most sports, you know, women's basketball, obviously, we talked about. And then he has, you know, ignoramuses respond with, uh, you know, mean and insensitive things. And he shame retweets them. I, I, I just find it, uh, I thought it was a bit much from him, honestly. It wasn't hard, but I just, the irony was there. Uh, about Katie Nolan, now now you say you would have maybe reached out to her and uh, maybe, maybe asked her some questions about it instead of right. being qualified as a hit job. But yeah. now let me ask you, do you think she is immensely talented or do you think that she's just sort of a creation of like the Twitter media like hustle? Because I, I don't want to like completely say she's nothing because honestly, I don't watch Garbage Time. I didn't watch Garbage Time. Uh, but I, I don't also have the love affair that most have with her and her brand. Well, a few people do, Brian, you know, like 30,000 people watch it. So, you know, so it, you could, you could, it wouldn't even be able to fill up a stadium. Um, you know, as I was trying to say in my article, um, I, I think Katie Nolan's relevance is largely exaggerated 
on Twitter. Because uh, the fact is, again, 30,000 people watched her final few shows on average. So it's not a large audience. You know, the average person does not know who Katie Nolan is. She's not really a factor. Um, it gets exaggerated on Twitter and social media. But no, I mean, I, I think she is talented. Uh, you know, I think the stuff she did on Ray Rice and Greg Hardy it was really, really good. Um, and it not because and it's because she didn't just go at the NFL. She didn't just go at domestic violence. I mean, those are easy targets, right? Who's going to disagree right, with exactly. you? Take it. But, you know, what she did was she turned it against the media. You know, the Greg Hardy rant, she focused it on how, you know, one of the writers asked him about, uh, you know, a year and a half ago in Dallas, uh, you know, about Giselle. And he talked about how he's, she's hot. He wants to bang her. You know, he said something like that. And then remember, everyone laughed. And Nolan's thing was about the media. You know, how can you on one hand, you know, condemn teams for taking on guys with these pasts, but then on the other hand, you know, still laugh at their jokes and like play into them. So I think she is, I think she is talented. Um, I really did like those commentaries, but uh, yeah, I think she's still a, 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 let's wait and see, you know, let's wait and see what happens with her. I think she's with Fox for another year. Uh, let's see, because uh, as of now, the truth is she hasn't really drawn a big audience. Maybe it's because FS1, again, nobody draws there. Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, talent obviously I, I think is there. But my whole point was kind of a let's wait and see on if she actually is able to cultivate an audience, which uh, she wasn't able to do uh, with Garbage Time, especially towards the end. Yeah, it is amazing. She has like 275,000 Twitter followers, but 30,000 people would watch her show. I mean, obviously, I know the the numbers from Twitter to whatever your production is don't always correlate, but that is an enormous gap, it seems like. Uh so I guess I guess my question is, so what's next for Alex Reamer here? I mean, there's rumors. I don't know if that was just uh, you know back and forth, but there's rumors of a podcast with you and Steve Buckley, who you mentioned before. I mean, is that something going uh, forward, or are we just are you just settling in for the long haul right now with WEI and uh, see what comes on your plate? No, definitely the next thing in EEI is a uh, podcast with Buck. Yeah, it's launching at the end of this month, early oh, April. Very nice. Yes, yeah, very excited about that. I think it'll be uh, something that hasn't been done before. Uh, two queens dishing about sports. Uh, <laughs> uh, you guys no, have no, a name yet? Do you have a name uh, yet? Battery mates. Pitcher battery and catcher. Mates. Oh, no, nice. no, I don't know. I don't oh, okay. know. Oh, I thought you were serious. There's, Sorry. Okay. There's lots of innuendo you can oh, go absolutely. in there. Uh, no, but I'm excited about that. Uh, continuing to write and uh, – you know, continuing to, uh, you know, hopefully uh, surpass mud on the Curtin Callahan uh, depth chart. So that'll be my goal for the next few weeks. I'm sure you will. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. But before you go, we have three quick – I have three quick questions for you. Ready? Okay. All right. Number one, will Donald Trump finish his first term as president of the United States? No. I'm not sure how it happens. I'm not sure if he quits. I'm not sure if it's an impeachment. Uh, I'm certainly not sure who stops him since the Republicans – don't want to stop him. Uh, but I just I just can't envision it happening, Brian. So that's a no. But how does it happen? Uh, I'm not quite sure. All right. All right. Number two, where will you place in the Kirk and Callahan tournament of assholes? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really I, I, think I don't either. Callahan, Kirk. I think I'm annoying. I, I, when I listen to myself on the radio and I listen back, I say, yeah, cause you are fucking annoying. So annoying. I think I'd be at the top. Uh, but in terms of asshole. I don't know. I I, I think uh, I think I'm a middle of the pack asshole. When you look at uh, some of the clowns they got there, how about that? Yeah, Kirk keeps saying that you are the leader in the clubhouse for it, and I. Uh, well, people hate me, you know, and that's fine. Uh, but and I guess hate asshole, and asshole no, are two different things. things. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I maybe we'll go. Maybe we'll be a. I don't know. I guess I would be a. 
a three or a four seed if we're doing a tournament style. So, uh, yeah, I know I'm a one seed with the couch. Uh, we'll see. I, I think the hatred it, – it, we'll see how far the hatred goes. It will certainly be an interesting test. And last question, if Tom Brady retired today, who would be the face of Boston sports? Um, Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Really? The guy who's played well, five quarters? Yeah, it's a, well, because the, the Patriots are just so far ahead of everything. Yeah, Garoppolo would be the new face. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I did, when I proposed that question thinking, I, I couldn't think myself. I'm thinking Isaiah Thomas, he's not going to be here in a year. There's no one on the Red Sox that really, I mean, Pedroia, I mean, eh, I mean, I don't know. But uh, Garoppolo, you're right. If he stays here, he, he will be going forward for sure. Uh, Alex, you can uh, listen, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Reamer, and you can listen to him on the bus, the bus Wall Street podcast. He writes for WEI, and again, you can listen to him. He's a co-host on the Kirk and Callahan Morning Show on WEI. Alex Reamer, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Brian. So there we go, Mr. Alex Reamer. I hope everyone enjoyed that. Again, Alex was a great guest, and I really appreciate him coming on. And once again, you can follow him on Twitter at Alex Reamer. So uh, remember for me, hey, you, you like the show, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Those, those are the big ones. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at BrianBuff13 and at Red Ticket Blues. Outside of that, see you next week. I'm out of here.